for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quatt, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. As long as I stop bumping my mic, I'm amped up. I had too much caffeine this morning. We have a very special guest today. We have Katrina Alexis. How's it going today, Katrina? Good. How are you? Doing pretty good. We're, we're finally getting to that point here in Central Texas where all the winter weather is gone, and now it's going to be like 70 until... May and then we start getting in we start getting Florida hot is essentially the way I look at it yeah. you know, that's <laughs> one thing I don't miss about living in Florida is like once you hit May all bets are off everything is crazy so all it's either hot or there's hurricane it's, it's crazy weather over here all the time yep. year round I and funny th- you brought up hurricanes the first hurt every uh, i've lived in florida off and on for the last eight years so the longest stint was i was in tallahassee for two years um and i always kind of just missed hurricanes like if i was moving somewhere there was a hurricane coming in and i was like okay well let me leave early so i don't get stuck um but while i was in tallahassee i got hit by hurricane michael which was like oh very trial by fire because it ended up being a category five and yeah didn't miss that one set, set the it sent the benchmark very high and it's like yeah i don't ever want to deal with a hurricane again yeah so but you're currently in jacksonville how are things going in uh jacksonville Things are doing pretty well. Yeah, things are slowly starting to get back to normal after this whole pandemic thing. I'm able, you know, a lot of those singers in the area are able to go back out and kind of perform while keeping precautions and stuff. Um, God forbid, you know, hurricanes start appearing again. But besides that, it's been pretty well. Yeah, they would figure that things would start opening up as soon as hurricane season starts. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, luckily, June, like June's the start of hurricane season, so... You got a little bit of time, and but as luck would have it, that's exactly when things start to open up, middle hurricane season. Yep. <laughs> so, but first off, I want to thank you so much for jumping on here. I'm really excited to sit down and chat with you a little bit and get to know more about you. Um, for all the people that are listening that are just getting to learn more about you, uh, what got you into music? So what got me into music is I was around seven years old when I began singing in my local church here. And I just fell in love, you know, being able to sing in front of people. And I was like, you know, what? I kind of enjoy this. So I started going around Florida, kind of singing at certain venues, different venues all over. And overall, I was like, you know what? I want to do this. You know, I want to do this. I want to keep pursuing it. And then as I've gotten older, I've really enjoyed songwriting. And especially during COVID, you know, when there was nothing to do, really. I just started songwriting a lot. I found my love of songwriting. And now I'm in the recording studio all the time, you know, wanting to really push my music out there for people. Yeah, I got you. Completely understood. Who were some of your uh, influences as you really started to explore who you were as an artist? 
Some major influences of mine were Debbie Lovato. I grew up listening to her when she was in Camp Rock to know who she is now. Jennifer Hudson is someone that I aspire vocally. She has an amazing vocal range. And then I love to, you know, listen to some Christina Aguilera every once in a while if I'm really feeling like in the mood for it. Awesome. And then, uh, um, so what do you think it is about those three voices specifically drew you to them? Really just the power behind their voices. Um, I started listening to Demi Lovato, like when I was younger and growing up, I've just seen her vocal range just flourish. And I was always, I've always had a loud voice myself naturally. So that was something that I was always able to relate you know, with these three artists. Um, and just their songs and the meanings behind a lot of their songs I was really drawn towards. Awesome. And but if I'm not mistaken, other than Jennifer Hudson, they're both, uh, both Demi Lovato and Christina Aguilera have Disney ties, right? If I'm not yes, mistaken. Yes, they both have Disney ties, yes. Which is kind of interesting that you live in Jacksonville. Jacksonville's not far from, it's far, but not that far from Orlando. Not that far. <laughs> like, when, when you think of the grand scheme of things, it's like Orlando's kind of in that perfect spot where it's not far from anything. It's not far. I can go on the weekend and still come back in time. Yep. It's kind of perfect. Living in Florida. How's, how's the, yeah. How's the uh, independent scene in Jacksonville? I've, I'm a little bit more familiar with St. Augustine, but how, what's the scene like in Jacksonville? Um, honestly, in Jacksonville, everything's just kind of, it's kind of perfect. I, I love living in Jacksonville. Um, St. Augustine, I go down there all the time. Again, it's only like a 30 minute drive from Jacksonville. Jacksonville is a perfect spot where everything around me is rather like two hours away or 10 minutes away. There's really no in between. Yeah. I love going to the, the old, old St. Augustine, I guess is what it's called. Like the old, uh, old part of it. That's a really cool place. I like going there. Yeah. With the with the downtown, and you can kind of walk around, and there's always street performers, and the bars there are really. Oh yeah, there's yeah. street performers everywhere. There's music everywhere. There's so many people, and like the food there's amazing. So I love going there for the food. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So, are you uh, born and raised in Jacksonville, or are you? Because the Miami number threw me off a little bit. I saw you were from Jacksonville, and then you called me from a Miami number, and I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, now everything I thought I knew is out the window. So I'm adopted from Miami. I'm adopted from Hialeah, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, both my parents lived down there for a couple years, let's say 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then when I was around three years old, I decided my family, not me, but my family decided to move up to Jacksonville. Um, it was very different moving from Miami to Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. Every time I visit Miami, it's like I'm visiting a whole different world yeah. than Jacksonville. And I'm sure even if there's, Every time you go down to Miami, it feels like a completely different city because it feels like Miami's always changing. Yes, it's constantly changing. I mean, the traffic going there has never changed. It's always been bad, but the city itself is changing. That's why I kind of, because when I go to South Florida, if I'm not going to North of West Palm Beach where my parents are, we're going down to the Keys because they, uh, my parents are real Florida. They're, we're all from Chicago. Like we were all born, raised Chicago. And then my parents moved down to uh, Jensen Beach, and they've become real Floridians, where they summer in South Florida in the Keys. Yeah. And it's just, or they winter, not summer. They winter down in the Florida Keys. And I'm like, so Floridians have to winter in Florida to get away from Florida. This makes no sense mm-hmm. to me whatsoever. But. <laughs> I, I love going down to the Keys. It's fun. It's one of those things where it's like 
you can go once a year and it's kind of always the same if that yeah. makes any kind of sense it's always the same the tourism's always the same the people are always the same you can yep. definitely count on the keys on remaining constant absolutely absolutely so you just released a new single in january correct yes yeah yes. january uh you deserve better uh what's kind of the story behind that so deserve better is honestly i just wrote down one day and i was like you know what i'm not even gonna make this song about me i'm gonna try to you know relate to other people and you know being in high school and stuff i see girls always being like i deserve better or boys being like i deserve better than that girl and so i just honestly i sat down and i wrote the song and i was like okay i deserve better let's see where this happens and i ended up loving the end of the song i ended up loving the way i wrote the song i wasn't expecting to write a song that well considering i was just a beginning songwriter at the time um but i mean i was just like you know what let's write a real kick song let's write a little yeehaw song without being too yeehaw but you know a really <laughs> kickback song that kids can listen to <laughs> yeah i got you um so this was one of the first songs you've ever written or no so i actually wrote a song when i was in eighth grade i was 14 i know really went through heartbreak at that time. And I wrote this song called Bonnie and Clyde. It was produced okay. by Dexter Redding, who is the son of Otis Redding. Um, and Bonnie and Clyde was just about, you know, two people who loved each other so much, but to the outside world were awful. Um, Cause I really knew what I was talking about in eighth grade. Yeah. And so, but ever since then, I've just kind of been trying to write more one age relatable songs mm -hmm. and two songs that I more feel that I can relate to myself. Um, and I wrote Deserve Better probably when I was 16 years old. I'm 17 now. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote it when I was 16 years old and it was produced by uh, Rockbot Studios. Okay, awesome. And is all or is that based in Jacksonville or are you going up to like Nashville to produce? Where, where do you kind of go to record and produce? Right now I'm producing in Jacksonville at Rockbot Studios. You know, the pandemic kind of stopped me from being yeah. able to travel anywhere else. <laughs> true. Very true. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's just kind of like, it de really depends on where you're going. Because it's like, so like, I have a lot of business out in New Mexico. And there was like an eight month stretch where I physically couldn't get to New Mexico because <laughs> they had cops sitting at the borderline, even if I wanted to come in. They're, yeah. Yeah, Florida doesn't have that issue. Florida... Yeah. Is issue. <laughs> I flew to I flew to Miami over the um for Christmas. I flew from uh, Dallas to Miami. Yeah, Miami. Miami Lauderdale, whatever. Same same difference. Um <laughs> it was place. spirit. It's it was spirit, so it had to be Lauderdale. I don't think spirit flies into Miami. Um anyways, so I was sitting there and I was like, oh, this will be cool. There won't be anybody on the plane. It'll at worst, even if there is. It'll be spaced out, so it'll be nice and spacious because, you know, Spirit, they've got, like, no room on the flights as it is. And I walk in, and I'm like, oh, this flight is book solid. It's full. full. Yeah. Like, not COVID full, like, full, period. End of full. story. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Florida. So that, that probably <laughs> explains it. So it was very <laughs> And that'll probably be the last time I ever fly Spirit, just to begin with, because, yeah. <laughs> My dad used to work for him, but now it's just like I have no loyalty to him, so it doesn't matter. No loyalty. No loyalty at all. No. But anyways, 
side tangent aside, one thing I did want to talk about before we kind of move on with uh, Deserve Better and Bonnie and Clyde and get into like the writing process and all that fun stuff. I did want to talk about the Christmas music you released because <laughs> you don't see that very often during any normal stretch, at least on the independent level, but I guess during the pandemic, things happen, I guess, right? Did you, re you release that before? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what, what was kind of the thought process behind releasing a Christmas album? Honestly, at the time I was recording a lot of cover albums <laughs> and I thought it'd be a really cool idea to do Christmas songs because I mean, for all Floridians that I know celebrate Christmas year round. It, it's always hot. We don't ever get cold here. Um, so our Christmas is year round basically. So I was like, you know, I love Christmas. Let me, write, let me, let me cover a Christmas song. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, because the reason I brought it up is because usually when I talk to musicians, Christmas albums, they'll maybe do like a single, but not like full blown albums, just because the the time it takes to go in to record and the amount of times you'd actually get to able to play it, it's, it doesn't make much sense. But I've talked to so many musicians this year or last year, like right starting in October, they're like, yeah, we're getting ready to release Christmas music because covid what else are we gonna do what, is what else are we gonna do nothing yeah. to do here. and it, it's like okay cool and i mean it, it makes sense because now you can kind of invest that time and then you can just play it for the rest of your career you mm -hmm. don't have to come out with new christmas music if you don't want to you've got that song or two songs or whatever so it's it's always interesting but i did appreciate that because christmas is a good time of year anywhere you're at don't have to necessarily be in florida <laughs> but uh so you got your new single out now deserve better what kind of went into the creative process for that song like i know you said you wrote it when you were 16 but what's what kind of went into the creative process what's your writing style like and i know this is all like you're really still really young and fresh in your career but what, what's kind of your writing style currently so weirdly, I don't write based off experience. Okay. I tend to find things in everyday life or movies or something of some sort. And I kind of draw my energy of songwriting from there. Like Bonnie and Clyde, I was watching a history show um, mm -hmm. and then a hurricane hit a week later and I had nothing to do because the power was out. And mm -hmm. I, was, I was like, that history show was about Bonnie and Clyde. I want to write something about Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. And Deserve Better was kind of the same way. I was watching a movie, cliche movie, you know, ends up girl and boy fighting, girl and boy get together. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a song about, you know, how I deserve better. Yep. And my writing style is honestly, is I sit down in my room for a good 10 minutes and I really think about the words that I want to put into a song. And Fair. next thing I know, my hand is on a piece of paper and pen and I'm just writing. Fair. So you said... It, it kind of hits you during a hurricane. Which hurricane? Because Florida gets so many every year. Oh, yes. Uh, hurricane Irma. Irma. Oh, wow. Okay. I moved to Florida two weeks after Irma hit. That was oh. the that was the craziest thing. Like, I was sitting there. I called my mom. I was like, hey, I'm moving to Tallahassee. She's like, when are you coming? Because there's a nasty, nasty hurricane getting ready to come up and we don't know which side of Florida it's coming. And sure as, sure as it is, it came right up the 
West Coast and then cut over and hit you guys. Oh. And it was just like dodged a bullet there because I remember I came <laughs> in and people were just like, yeah, you you got super lucky there. So, and then the next year Michael hit. So then the next, then Michael and then your luck kind of stopped. <laughs> yep, pretty much. But uh, so so you were watching a. Uh, uh documentary on bonnie bonnie and clyde right and then so that's kind of what inspired the movie or the song not the movie god i'm out of here uh what's kind of the plan moving forward with deserve better are you working towards like an ep or an lp or do you kind of see yourself see yourself sit sitting with the uh like singles route um so i want my goal for 2021 is actually to have an album of my own original songs. I have a couple songs already recorded, recorded, and I'm just kind of planning on when I want to re release them. I know my next song is called Stop, and I'm a big advocate for mental health awareness. Um, mm -hmm. I want to be a child psychiatrist, you know, in the future. And so Stop comes out, and it's really big about mental health awareness. It's kind of about, you know, living in a living somewhere that you really don't feel that you belong, and you kind of just want the world around you just to stop for a second. And so that song comes out, you know, end of April, beginning of May, hopefully. And I, this song is probably one of my deepest songs that I've written. Um, I'm not depressed or anything. I just, <laughs> just like driving song. No, I gotcha. And how long, have, how long did you say you've been working on that song? Or how long? Uh, stop. Well, the song actually took me 10 minutes to write. Oh. And then I was in the recording studio for two, I want to say a total of maybe six hours recording it mm -hmm. and then yeah oh that's cool you know it, sometimes that's the best is when a song takes 10 minutes like you know oh. you know you're really feeling it when it's like just comes naturally um how do you what what's kind of the how do you start right like when you're like in that mood of writing do you start with lyrics first or are you more into the melody and the tone and like instrumentation, where do you kind of start? So when I'm writing, usually I, I try to start with lyrics, but a lot of the times without a melody, I kind of get lost in exactly what route I want to go to. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'll just look up like, I'll find an artist that I really enjoy, like their artist style. I'll be I'll look up on YouTube, like Billie Eilish type beats. Mm -hmm. And I'll kind of be like, okay, I like this sound. And then I'll go to the producer and be like, hey, I really enjoyed this sound. I kind of want a little bit more of a rock style to it, though. Like, can you help me out. And I mean, this man is amazing. His name is Josh Cobb. He is one of the best guitarists I've ever seen. I just let him do his thing. And next thing I know, he has this whole melody that I didn't even realize could happen. And then I just, from there, I kind of, I'm like, okay, let me put the lyrics to the song, the melody, and we'll see how it figures, it works its way out. Awesome. That's, you know, some, that, it's always good to have somebody in your back pocket that just kind of gets what you're looking for. And all you yes. have to do is like, Hey, I want something like this. You know, yes. it, it's always good to have those types of people that just, you're like right there with them. Um, so you're that, do you have enough, a release date for that song yet? Or is it for not yet? I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to release it end of April, okay. sometime beginning of May, because that's really, that's the big mental health awareness months. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to be able to um, get it produced. And with every song that I release, I also really release a music video with yep. it. It's kind of my style. Um, and right now my videographer is actually in Hawaii. So I'm kind oh. of just waiting for him to come on back to Florida. Yeah. Um, so we can get the music video. Hey, 
I'm surprised you could get to Hawaii. <laughs> you know, with the way everything's kind of going right now, it's, I know pr- plenty of people that live out there that they can't even come stateside to visit their family just because they don't want to have to worry about like quarantining and all that stuff. So, but you did bring up the music video, which I was pulling up just to see uh, all what you had on your YouTube channel, but you know, that is what it is. But um, so you got music videos for Bonnie and Clyde and deserve better. Uh, What's that process kind of like for you as far as creatively, do you put a lot of input or do you trust more in your videographer to um, kind of, you tell him what you want and then it's all faith in him. So the videographer, he actually, it's called Birdflower Productions, that's his studio. And he's a good friend of mine. Um, and I kind of explained to, like he listens to the song and he kind of tells me like, this is what I'm envisioning. Yeah. What would you like to change? Yeah. Uh, for Bonnie and Clyde, I wanted something just super simple. It was my first time making a music video. I didn't really want to be stressed out about it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, you know what? How about you're just sitting at a piano playing and you're kind of just singing to the camera. Yeah. Well, deserve better. I kind of want a little bit more. I kind of want a little story behind it. I got, I got him right before he left for Hawaii. So it was a really quick music video. It yeah. took like four hours. I was like, no, don't go to Hawaii without giving me a music video at least first. And yeah. I just grabbed some of my friends and we went to the nearest park and we kind of just were like, okay, what does this song look like in a music video format? And mm-hmm. we kind of just did it, you know, verse by verse. Gotcha. And that that's kind of, is that, that's a little bit more, that's not typical to what you usually do, right? As far, or because you've only got two music videos, you haven't really developed your creative style. Yeah, I haven't really gotten a creative, full creative process yet about it. Gotcha. Yeah, I was, I was just like, I, and I mean, both music videos are kind of in a unique situation where you had a little bit more time with Bonnie and Clyde, but then deserved better. It was like, oh, you're leaving for an extended period of time. Let's go get this taken care of really quick. Yes. So, <laughs> um, and then you're working on a music video for Stop, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I had the name right. I was like, I, I don't want to keep calling it that song, that new song. <laughs> but, uh, so first stop. Um, and then you're aiming for end of April sometime, maybe May, uh, to release that, kind of depending on everything else. Um, what's it been like releasing music during the pandemic? Like, I know you've been releasing like cover songs and then you started releasing originals in 2020. What's kind of that process been like for you, knowing that you can't really get out and play live gigs like it's definitely been different because you know most promoting is done in person you know when you have an event you usually sing your song to let people know but you know i do live in the era of social media so every kid is on social media nowadays and it's kind of not i wouldn't say better but you know everyone is stuck at home there isn't really much to do Mm -hmm. so being on our phone or listening to music is really one of the biggest ways that we've been kind of you know getting through this pandemic and um I released, you know, Bonnie and Clyde, beginning of pandemic. I released Deserve Better kind of towards, you know, January, which we're going to hopefully see a light to the end of the tunnel soon. Mm-hmm. And definitely I've seen it, like, it's harder because I have to promote more social media than in person. Um, and I'm definitely more of an in-person person. I love speaking to people. I think a lot of musicians are more in person. Like, it, that's just kind of, when it comes to playing music, it just makes sense to be 
in person because there's so much energy that comes from being in person, playing at a gig, playing at a bar, like even just playing out at the street on the street, busking or whatever, you know, it's, it's second to none. Cause you know, like the virtual shows have been popular for throughout the entire course of the pandemic and uh, are still pretty decent. I still see a lot of them happening, but not quite at the uh, number that it was almost a year ago. Um, have you been, did you do any of like the virtual shows or have you been like, I know you do some like uh, performance videos, or at least I've seen a few on your uh, Facebook, but have you done any like the virtual shows at all or? Yeah, so in the beginning of the pandemic, I did this thing called Talent Nation, mm-hmm. and it was it was kind of like um, an online singing. You know, we were able to finally sing in front of an audience, per se. Yeah. It was over Facebook Live. I've done a lot of interviews um, virtually, you know, because I can't really travel to see anyone. Um, Instagram Live has been a big thing, you know, me being able to sing in front of an, a small audience, you know, virtually. But it's definitely been different. I hope to soon that you know in person will be more of a thing yep. but virtually has definitely taught us more a lot you know about balancing the sounds you know via phone calls and stuff like yep. that absolutely have you uh, been learning more about like the production aspect of things since you've kind of been home more and uh been doing stuff like that as far as like what compression does what reverb does and like all, all the different effects and stuff Yes, for sure. Every time I go to the studio, we kind of take some time to teach me, you know, what exactly he's doing to my voice or exactly what he isn't doing to my voice. And I definitely have seen it's a lot more work to try to produce something yourself and Mm. put on a little show at your house because you don't have, you know, all those stage hands and stage managers helping you alongside it. Oh, yeah. You know, it's but you did. The, what I do re- really respect about what you just said there is the fact that you're taking the time to learn all these different things. So let's say somewhere down the road, you go, you end up going to work with a different studio, whether you go to Nashville and you're working with one of them guys, you're at least able to communicate mm-hmm. what's been done in the past. So they at least have a jumping off point and it's mm-hmm. not like they're starting from scratch. So that that's all. It's always important. I think a lot of musicians should take that time and invest in their the knowledge of what works with their voice, what doesn't work with their voice when it comes to the recording process. Yes. So, but outside of music, what are some of your hobbies? What do you do when you're not at school or doing music? So when I'm not at school, I actually. It's kind of related to school, but it's not. I love working with kids. I've always loved working with kids. I started a club at my school, um, and I work with this organization called the Foster Closet, mm-hmm. and it provides resources for all the kids in the foster care system here in Florida mm-hmm. until they age out. And every Saturday, me and you know the volunteers and I we go and work with the kids. And I mean, I've seen ages of you know just born to eighteen years old, mm-hmm. and you know we get to shop with them, we pick up clothes with them, we tutor them. Kids have always been something that I've been most passionate about being able to work with them, and which is why I would love to be a child psychiatrist you know, in the future. I have myself, I have a brother with autism. Cognitively, he's like one or two, but he's 24 years old. So I've always kind of grew up the big sister without being the big sister. Gotcha. So being with kids is just what I've known the best. Absolutely. Now that you bring that up, I do remember, because we, we did an article on you during uh, Black History Month. Uh, uh, Jill sent us 
uh, we sent Jill an interview uh, list of questions and you filled them out. And I remember you talking about um, the after school groups. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I do. Now that you're saying, I'm sitting here like, yep, definitely heard that before. And I've just pulled up the uh, article really quick while you were talking. I was like, yep, that's where, that's where it was. So no, that's really cool and really exciting that you care so much, especially at a young age to invest a lot of time and knowing that that's what you want to do in the future. Like that, that's just amazing. And I really respect that. Um, so being that you're in Florida and obviously I'm assuming you have aspirations of going to college, given that you want to be a child psychologist, <laughs> are you a hurricane? Are you a gator? Or are you a Seminole? Oh, I'm a Seminole all the way. I love FSU. I want to go there so badly. Okay. Um, in Tallahassee, I has always had my heart. I was doing a gig back when I was in a band that was full of foster care kids. Uh, we used to travel Florida. I was in Tallahassee and I was, I think, 10 years old. Yeah. And I remember I was like talking on my mom. And I was like, mom, I want to live here in the future. Like, I want to go to school here. Yeah. And ever since then, I've been just like set on going to Tallahassee. Um, Gators, you know, no, but <laughs> I was waiting for you to throw a curveball at me and say you were like a golden knight or something. <laughs> no, not UCF. <laughs> you know, it happens. Like I had somebody do that to me once. We were talking about schools in Florida and they're like, actually, I'm more of a golden knight fan. And I'm like, mm, OK, I see you. Okay, <laughs> um, no, I will say at being that I lived in Tallahassee for two years. FSU life versus Tallahassee life are two completely different things. Like FSU life is cool and fun. And then you got outside of FSU and it's like, eh, I'm good. Ooh. And I've heard about that in so many colleges because I'm, you know, doing more, well, not college tours. I can't really go yet, but I've heard a lot, you know, same with, you know, Gainesville, yeah. there's UF life and then there's Gainesville. Yeah. Eh. yeah. A little different. Yep, and I just realized what cup I had, a Flanagan's cup. Flanagan's. I was just like, oh, I saw that in my reflection of the, because um, uh, I could see my own camera, and I'm like, wait, that's funny, I have a Flanagan's cup. <laughs> um, now, Tallahassee is cool. Like, if, if you can get yourself invested in the community and just kind of take in everything that the community has to offer, it's really cool. It's just when you get, like, outside of downtown it's just like eh, it's yeah it's, it's <laughs> but um i enjoyed my time in tallahassee i will say that because i had the same aspirations as you i graduated from southern illinois with a bachelor's degree and then i moved to west palm with my parents for a few months and i was like i should go get my master's degree and i was going to go to fsu i went and visited the campus and i'm like oh my oh my this is amazing like i want to be here and then I ended up getting a job somewhere else. And five years later, I ended up moving there. So All turns, I definitely like FSU because it's close to Jacksonville. It's only two hours away. So, you know, I like being close to my family just because, you know, I do have my brother here. So yeah. just in case there is an emergency, but it's also far enough away that I can, you know, be my own person, still live independently. Yep. That, that's kind of when I first told my parents I was moving to uh, Tallahassee, they're like, why wouldn't you come down to like West Palm beach? And I was like, because Tallahassee is close enough that I can come see you more than once a year, 
but far enough away that you're not going to just randomly appear without at least calling me. Yes. <laughs> no, you you because I know like from West Palm Beach to Tallahassee, I think it was like five hours. So it's like I could make that drive and go visit him on the random weekend, but I knew I was going to have to call him first and vice versa for them. So I was like, okay, it's far enough away that they just can't show up one day. They can't they show up would. at my They <laughs> would, but who would do that? Who would drive five hours on a whim? So Parents. Yeah, absolutely. But um, so you're doing a lot of charity work in your community. What's some of your downtime? Like when you have like straight downtime, pleasure, you know, get away from everything. What do you do for you? Um, I eat a lot of Chipotle, okay. but if I'm not eating, I, I do play volleyball. I okay. played volleyball for five, six years. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite sports to play. So a lot of times, I mean, we live in Jacksonville. The beaches are 10 minutes away. Mm-hmm. There's so many volleyball courts. So my friends and I, we like to go down there. We like to hang out, play around there. Yes. I, I do miss Jacksonville. I always told my dad if, if, if it was ever going to be a situation where he had to like stay in Jacksonville because of his treatment, that I would have easily moved to Jacksonville. Just like the everything there reminded me of where I grew up. Like you could sit outside of Jacksonville and be really cool. And then you had like the St. John's River wasn't too far away. And that that was like really cool. And my light just burnt out. Cool. That's amazing. Oh, <laughs> So yeah, like that, just that whole area and part of Florida is, yeah, I, it was amazing every time I went and visited. So, um, but I don't want to keep you too much longer. What What's kind of, obviously you've got the new music coming out at the end of April, beginning of May. Um, what's kind of the plan moving forward? Are you starting to get shows on the books or... What's yes going? so thankfully you know things are things are slowly starting to open up a little by little um i was a big national anthem singer for all the sporting events here in jacksonville you know the jumbo shrimp the giants yes. Iceman. and so luckily i've been able to sing at the Iceman um a couple like a month ago or so i was able to sing the national anthem um and hopefully you know things start opening up even more uh, I'd love to be able to you know, go back out there and sing with my fellow, because, you know, this is a great area, the singing area, the singing group here in Jacksonville is so supportive of one another. Um, so a lot of times there's just random shows and be like, hey, do you want to come? And so I'm very thankful to have such a great community around me that we are able to do that. Um, and, you know, there is a lady here, her name is Juanita, and she is one of the kindest women I've ever met. She has all these events just lined up for singers. Um, she's like, oh, I have a gig for you, I have a gig for you, which is it all for free. Oh, and wow. she just does it out of the kindness of her heart. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. The fact that you have somebody in town that acts as almost a booking agent, I guess. Yes. Like, and, but it's like a communal booking agent, I guess would be the best way because I'm sure it's more for any musician she just has like a rolodex of musicians is that kind of what it is or is it more she works with certain people she kind of works with everyone she really likes to take newcomers and kind of introduce them to the singing route she's actually one of the first people that helped me book my first singing gig you know here in jacks um and just as long as i've known her for six seven years yeah she's so sweet she helps out everyone and anyone she knows that's awesome um 
I, when there isn't a global pandemic going on, how often are you usually out doing shows? I'd say almost, if not every weekend, every other weekend. Okay. Um, you know, with schooling, it's kind of hard to make this a full-time thing. I try my best to make it a full-time okay. thing, but if not every weekend, it's definitely every other weekend. Gotcha. And, um, and then how do you kind of balance school life with your music? How, how does that, and plus like all your extracurricular stuff? Honestly, my parents always growing up, they taught me how to balance things. They taught me how to be a pro multitasker. Yeah. Thankfully, I, I'm good at being able to kind of balance everything. But, you know, when something is getting a little bit too much, you know, I can discuss that with my parents. I'm like, hey, maybe I need to take a little break from this for a little while. Yeah. But I always end up going back anyways because I can't stop myself. Yeah. Um, I love being busy. It, it keeps me not bored. Gotcha. Hey staying busy is always good especially right now when you've got all the energy and all the excitement in the world it's right now is the time to be as busy as you can possibly handle without <laughs> jeopardizing your future you know yes. uh, but uh, if people want to check out your new music or check out your music videos or follow you on social where's the uh, best place for them to do that so all my social medias are under Katrina Alexis. But besides that, I do have a website. It's KatrinaAlexis.com. I spell Katrina a little differently. I spell it with a Y. But everything there is everything is there. All my music videos, my songs, my upcoming events, um, and just where you know where I get my clothes, even from where I get my clothes from. Every everything about my life is in a website, essentially. So that works. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, but I want to thank you so much for jumping on. It's been a blast chatting with you. I've really enjoyed. Like, I mean, I, I was able to get to know a little bit about you before uh, during Black History Month when we wrote the art or when we did the or did the interview with you. Um, I put quotations around it because I sent you a bunch of questions and then you just filled the form out. Um, <laughs> But so that, that was fun and a nice little build up towards this. Um, so I've really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit more, uh, listening to your music, preparing. It's been amazing. So I'm really excited to see where your career goes and all that stuff. So I'll, I'll be definitely paying attention. Um, Thank you so much for having me for sure. It means a lot to me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's always fun to, especially when you're still so new in your career it, it's always amazing to do an interview now and then like two years from now, just kind of get back with you and see how things have changed, how your music has changed. Because, you know, th that's always one of the questions that I always ask, especially for musicians that are like been doing this for several years. It's one of the, my favorite questions to ask is how their music has changed because, you know, they're going to have a different perspective than I will. But now that I'm starting to get in a younger crowd of musicians that are just getting ready to start, especially during the pandemic now, it will be interesting to be there for pretty much the entire growth of their career. Yeah. So it's really exciting. But I want to thank you one, one last time for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we will catch you guys later. Thank you so much.